Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Treyas. And let's check sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Amateur Hour. This time, it's actually a dozen. Episode 12. <laughs> we made it. We can retire. We have reached our ultimate goal. We did it. We're here. We're here. Uh, again, I, I, the Dozen Society was really, really mad. Um, oh, not again. Yeah, I know. Another week, another several pigeons and hate I think mail. We, I think we've given them too much free press. Yeah, we really <laughs> should start charging. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Really, doesn't society listen if you're still so? Yeah, a very, very, very exciting week for the NBA. The trade deadline passed this past Thursday at three o'clock p.m. There were trades that were literally entered at like 2 55. They got to like the league office, and it was was a pretty jaw dropping deadline. I would agree with that. Compared to some other years where like, like. The bench players are the headliners. Like this is a pretty, like home run hitting deadline. I really liked it. This this trade deadline was really exciting for me because Danny Ainge snapped his five or six year cold streak of no in season trades. He finally did it. Finally, it feels good. Actually, uh, we're gonna talk more on that later. But yeah. first, the weekly highs. The weekly highs. So my weekly high. So my personal weekly high. I'm looking out my window right now. It is absolutely gorgeous. We survived a long winter. It's gone, and I'm ready to get outside. I, I can I just, come out of my bunker now. No, literally. Yeah, the the Bombay doors open up. We like. <laughs> we're all pale. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's absolutely beautiful outside, so I can't wait to get out there. And, uh, I mean, Trace, aren't you going to get outside, too? Yeah, I need to get outside today, dude. Yeah, Wonderful so right after today. this episode is done recording, we will both be <laughs> lounging <laughs> in the Want to see me go outside and back? Want to see me do it again? <laughs> For my sports high, I was actually shocked last night when I turned on the TV, I turned on the Celtics game, and I saw a winning score. I literally shook it. The trade deadline mixed things up, and we're going to talk way more about that later in this episode. Yeah. But the Celtics played the Bucks last night. We played them two, three days ago, and we got clapped. We played them again last night, and we did phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Tatum was 15 for 18. Dude was hitting every single shot. Rob Williams, Trey has called it his magnum opus game. I mean, he came out of his shell. Mo Wagner hit a three, one of our newly acquired assets. I mean, we just, I mean, you, you know, Kemba was dishing. JB, JB was the only thing that was a little questionable. He had a lot of drives where he'd just go in and get stripped. But, mm. again, we're focusing on the highs, the positives. The Celtics looked good. There was motion in their offense. There was fire under their feet. Like, they, mm, that's the basketball that you love to watch. That's it right there. Like, people moving the ball. They're hitting their shots. They're taking good shots, setting good screens, running, cutting, jumping, shooting, diving, ducking, dipping, dodging. That was it. 
it was phenomenal. How about, how about the defense, too? I'm pretty sure Giannis was held to 16 points and Middleton to 19, and Middleton was the high scorer, too, for the Bucks. So the mm, defense was mm. yep. phenomenal yesterday. I can't say anything bad about them yesterday. Yeah. They were I, – no, seriously. they were Every single cylinder was firing, and they looked phenomenal. So really happy. But again, we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're going to talk about the Celtics. We're talking about talking about a bunch of other teams as well. But before we do that, Treyas, let's get some lows. <laughs> the lows. Yeah. Max, you, you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about playing basketball outside and you, you were uh, missing a couple of threes. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting out recently and trying to, trying to shoot. And my overall fitness right now to Uh-oh. play basketball, very iffy. Like my mechanics <laughs> just feel a little bit off. And I know it's a little like a process. But right. like someone, someone's got to, someone's got to close and lock that window because these air balls are creating a draft, dude. I, oh. I need to get back into the lab, dude. It's not, it's not been working out right now. <laughs> it's, dude, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, what about your cardio? Uh, cardio, cardio is like okay because yeah. I, I, I keep a certain level of like walking or jogging. Um, right. But like basketball cardio is a different thing. So if I'm like trying to just practice cuts and stuff, I get I'm getting a little winded, but um, I'm trying to I'm trying to work that out. I guess we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. We'll figure it out. It takes time. <laughs> we have a summer. We have a full summer to go through. <laughs> this the new summer season starts now. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean that I, that just that just happens though. You'll get back. You get back yeah. on the horse. Yeah, yeah, just gotta you know get the saddle ready, make sure I hold on tight, and <laughs> yeah, lots of hay. Yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my sports slow. Uh, you mm. talked about the Celtics playing a phenomenal game yesterday, and they did. Um, the one thing that was missing from that game that we haven't had in four years, or that we had for four years and finally was not there, was Daniel Tice, and they traded him away the trade deadline, and I kind of just wanted to give my roses to Daniel Tice for four years was like a quintessential do your job type of player. Mm-hmm. He, um, some might say overachieved in the system. Uh, Brad pro- probably took, if he was in any other team, he probably wouldn't be playing more than 15 minutes a game. Unless mm-hmm. it was like a really, really bad team. Cause he's a, he's an older, like he's an older guy with like not as much NBA experience. And one of the, one of the big things is like, if you're on a, like a younger team you're not going to get played that much that often but brad took him in and he somehow turned into a starting power Mm. forward center did his job on defense um although he got i guess as the nba started to grow he got picked on because of his size a center he still wasn't like he never backed down and he really expanded his game now he's a a three-point shooter he's probably i think he was our one of our best if not our best three-point shooter until he got he would, traded, like yeah, from a percentage standpoint. Yeah, yeah, from a percentage standpoint, um, which is insane because we have Tatum, we have Brown, um, Pritchard. Like, we have guys that can shoot the three. But yeah, I uh, just wanted to give my roses to Daniel Tyson. But I, I hope he uh, continues success in Chicago uh, behind Vucevic. And, you know, now we just have the, the Robert Williams experience from now on. So uh daniel tice it was uh sad to see you go but uh look forward to see what's to come i felt i did i did feel bad i did feel bad i mean did we maximize the value off of tice i 
don't think so, but I understand the arguments for why he was traded. Yes. Again, expiring contract, his asking price on the open market, probably going to be close to 15 mil a year. If the Celtics wanted to, yeah, again, it's a, I think, I think we set ourselves up again. We're going to, we're going to get dive into all the teams and the trades and where we stand for the second half of the season. But I think the Celtics are making some moves now, seeing how stuff is going to play out, but also mm-hmm. allowing for additional flexibility in the off season, which yes, probably a smart move. Yeah, it was definitely a money situation in particular. I think it, it, it kind of reminds me of a Patriots signing kind of thing where the Patriots will they or they did a better job of this earlier earlier when when we had Brady, but they used to like take a guy that you know could either didn't find his place or under underutilized like like a Wes Welker or mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy or like some of these guys, and then Bill like maximizes his talent here and like puts him in the forefront of the system and they thrive, and then the market calls, right? It's your time to shine in the market and you get paid top dollar. And it felt like one of those things where Brad literally did all he could to make Tice. I don't know why sometimes, but he, he gave Tice all the minutes at the center and all the, you know, chance to show off his utility. And now it feels like it got too big for the situation. Now Tice is going to garner a market that's bigger than what the Celtics can pay over the tax and things like that. Mm-hmm it felt very New Englandy, and it felt like a pattern going on with at least between football and basketball. Oh, whoa, whoa, buddy. You, uh, you want more money? Whoa, <laughs> we don't, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's fair. I mean, okay. Okay. So let's, you know what, Shreyas, let's dive in. We're, we're, yeah. we're going meat. We're going potatoes. We're yeah. going right in. So Let's just talk about one of just like the 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 founding like staples of trading players away this season, mm. the Orlando Magic. Now mm. they gave away what were I mean, if you look at the Magic over the past couple of years, yes, they might have made the playoffs a handful of times, but things aren't working. I mean, they were, you know, a couple like first round sweeps or like four four one series. Yeah. Not good. Regular season team, kind of a like disaster. Like they're not even like a solid regular season team. Consistent like seventh eighth and ninth seed tough yeah. so the magic traded away their big stars with the exception of markel fultz so aaron gordon went to the high flying uh forward went to the nuggets vucevic went to the chicago bulls and evan fournier went to the celtics now those are three pretty much of their biggest players they got rid of alpha yeah. Aminu too they and got a bunch gary of picks. gary clark and gary clark as well so they yeah. got a bunch of picks a lot of second rounders. They got a couple regular players back. Nothing extraordinary. But I'm thinking they're just in rebuild. They're looking yeah. to maybe build, maybe. And Trey has brought up a counter argument to this. But I think maybe they're going to be building around Markel Fultz, which he really came into his own this year. And I was really, really impressed with how he was playing before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just tough to see that. And then you kind of you kind of question the magic. You're like, are you going to stick with him? Or are you going to go a completely new direction? What do you think? I think there's some validity to a rumor that I heard about that I was talking to Max about off podcast. And it and it, was, it was entailing that Fultz and maybe like Isaac, some of these, these guys that were picked high, but have had some injury history. And, you know, if they can get it together, they can be really good players. But would the Magic be willing to wait 
to build around them is the, the question. And could the Magic package them with a pick or something to move up as soon as this year, considering the draft is very, I guess it's very saturated in that top five, top 10 mar- market of play, draft picks uh, mm. in the lottery. It, it It's a possibility to get another pick, you know, along with maybe the one they have already, which is probably going to be high considering they're, I don't, they're going to, they're going to go lower and lower into the, <laughs> into the lottery. So, oh, no. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be scrapping at the, Chopping at the bit, if you yes. will. Oh, scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Yes. Yeah, scraping at the bottom of the bin. Yep. So, Help us. <laughs> I don't It's like that Um. Uh, it, it, Toy Story, like when Andy's like, I don't want to play with you anymore. And then <laughs> drop, he drops Woody, but it's the magic. Drop The magic dropping all of their players. All, yes. all their players. <laughs> Listen, Vooch, you've been great, but... uh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but uh, we have a likening to Wendell Carter Jr. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, Wendell. He's also a big injury risk guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. So he's had he's had a couple like he he gets hurt not for like long periods of time, but like it's one of those where it gets frustrating that like he'll play good and then he'll get hurt for like ten games and he'll be like and then he has to like you know rehab and like you know ramp up again and then at that point you're like. Mm-hmm. This kid, will this kid ever figure it out or will he ever get healthy enough to to figure it out who knows and this season is over all yeah. right welcome back yeah. Wendell. <laughs> well that was like that was like all the like the bull season when they were when they first drafted him and they were like this is the guy we're gonna start him 25 30 minutes a game and you look at the stat sheet and he's put up like eight and seven mm-hmm. and you're like I don't see any development here and it's been happening for now two three years and then they were like i get i guess you know he's still young we better trade him now for something more right valuable and orlando I, said yeah we'll take him because we want to get take rid of him in a couple picks yeah. yeah well so on that note shreyas i want to say do not sleep on the bulls yeah i would they look very good right now they look they look i'm gonna say it they look poised Mm-hmm. maybe not for a championship run this year, but don't sleep. Don't sleep. I really think that Fusevich could at least bring them up a spot or two this year. I think yep. playoff run. Yeah. I think there's a, a good chance if they get a good matchup, I'm not sure who that would be right now, but if they get a good matchup just based on injury or just something like team, yeah. team, team dynamic or something, they could they could get you know to that six seven game range in a in a first round series, like, and then maybe even get to the second round. Like I don't think they're going to go further than that, but I really think having a dominant big play with a dominant guard just does mm. really really good things to your team. Like mm. it just a guy that knows how to play pick and roll like Vucevic mm-hmm. does, and I can mm-hmm. is willing to pass like Vucevic is and stretch the floor, stretch the right? floor. He's shooting mm-hmm. almost three threes a game like and making them like it's like that guy really i can't say enough good things about him yeah well so look at i mean look at yeah right they traded wendell carter jr and luke Cornette for daniel tice and Vooch. that's big that's That's a a, those are win now moves those are win now moves those are win now moves but i mean that that's that's a pure upgrade to your four and five 
and, yeah. and you can play Tice at the five too. He you've shown that, right? He he might not be the best defensively stacking up against a true or hybrid center, i.e. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, right? Or Jokic, mm-hmm. right? We've seen that. But just in general games, that spacing is huge. Yeah. I understand. I understand people people were joking about Tice. They said, oh, well, if he uh if he didn't miss the game winner, he would still be on the Celtics. <laughs> Don't think that's true. Poor guy. Dude, that's a tough couple of days. Like you miss the game winner wide open, and then you get immediately shipped off. Like, yeah. Kind it's of like a that. tough lasting memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sour taste, dude. That's like seven lemons right there. Yeah. Right in your mouth. But, on the flip side, on the flip side, Fournier. I'm pretty sure he hit a game winner and then he got traded. So it was like almost. Yes. Yep. The game winning <laughs> drive off the pick and roll yeah. with Vooch. Yeah. Right high up. Kiss, kiss the top of the glass. And yeah. then. And so it's like, it's like a <laughs> difference in, in leaving a taste in your mouth almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, well, what again, you're like you said, the magic said, I don't want to play with you anymore. But again, I just want to go back again. Well, the bulls too still have Zach Levine. Still have Kobe White. Mm. I mean, they got Thomas Sadoransky too, who, you know, solid. If you can fall into a playmaking role and get these people their shots, mm, delicious. Yeah, I understand. Don't sleep on the Bulls. I want to see what the rumors were, or like if there's any clarity around how close they were in getting Lonzo Ball, because I know they were Mm. really, really in on in on him. That was like the big thing. Was like the Bulls are so close to getting Lonzo Ball, and then when they got Bucevic, and you could tell it was win now. I was like, oh, it's almost done. Like, there's no way they just got Vucevic and they're not, you know, pushing as hard as possible for Lanza because, mm-hmm. like, the growing feeling around the league and just, you know, around, you know, friends that I've talked to is that, like, Kobe White can't do it by himself. He should be no. honestly a, a bench scorer off the point guard position. Mm-hmm. And, Sadoransky doesn't give you enough from an offensive standpoint, other than he's a good de- he's a good defensive player. He gets steals, he gets assists, mm-hmm. but there's no real like floor general in a sense that you know may may be able to take some weight off of ball handling from Levine. Mm-hmm. And I really thought Alonzo Ball could come in and if he could and and be that guy, like he could be a guy that that plays defense, that focuses on passing the ball. And doesn't need to score, but like wants to be a facilitator for Levine to shoot and score. What is Lonzo's biggest strength? Yeah, what is his biggest strength? Because it's it's not a shot; it's his passing. It's his vision. Yeah, it's his vision. He does. I mean, he does make plays. Well, I mean, to think about that, Trey, when you have the two big men there, Lonzo Ball with Tyson Vooch, that's Mm -hmm. that. Like again, like you said, with Vooch off the pick and roll. If I had Lonzo running point off that, Mm. I mean. Then I would have been like, oh, now we're getting like, now we're getting somewhere, not even in like the short term, but if you can, you know, re-sign Lonzo and things like that, like mm-hmm. now we're getting somewhere as like a complete 180 in what people are thinking about the Bulls as a yeah. future contender. So yeah. I really, I really hope that they get some guy, maybe because they can still get him in restricted free agency next year or after the season. But I really hope they can get a, point guard that is a like a floor general a leader of some sort because mm. i would that i think that's like their real biggest miss so far is their point guard drafting because i see they have lonzo, not drafted point guards well <laughs> yeah no that's well well 
again, I still want to, I still want to focus on some upside off of Kobe white. Like you said, mm-hmm. he can't do it by himself, yeah. but I still like his, when he gets hot, he's hot. He gets Obviously hot, he when gets he's hot, cold, yeah. he's cold. So he's a very streaky yeah. player yeah. But with that support. That would be good. I don't personally see Lonzo as a per se off the court leader, but I do see right. him as that on the court floor general pass yes. first, you know, type player. I agree. I, I agree with that. So the Bulls are on the upside. Magic yeah. are in rebuild. The yeah. other team is our very, very own Boston Celtics. Now, the first movement they made that day, which was Fournier for two seconds, mm. that's bingo. That's golden. You just got a vet score for probably a can of beans, maybe some toast. Like, that is pretty good. It's time, and I was really happy to see Danny Ainge start letting go of these picks that this dude has been hoarding. I saw the other day, it said, uh, it's really time for the Celtics to decide, like, who they want to be because we've you can't hold on to these first and second round picks forever, right? right? We did a really bad job drafting for the past three years. We have to accept it. We don't have any more picks from 2013 from the Nets. So mm-hmm. it's 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 make or break time. Yeah. We need to start making these moves to pursue a championship or waste Tatum and Brown's first six, seven years of their career. Like, yeah. I think if you I don't know if you heard Danny's like press conferences after after the trade deadline, but that's one of the things he brought up was it, he said he he felt the the locker room getting discouraged, and what does that really mean, right? It's right. your best player <laughs> saying, "Hey, are you gonna do something? We need some help, right?" And you could tell that like he's been holding out. He was like, "All right, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to give." Like he has, I feel like he has this like obsession with like giving too much for a good player. Yeah, yep. and it, in a sense, I guess like obviously you don't want to mortgage the future to get a win now or a player that you may or may not be able to resign in the future. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that like, you got to take that risk. And it was one of the things I like appreciated about Danny when he did the, the Kyrie deal. Cause he said, mm-hmm. cause he said like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're getting a game changing point guard and we have these young guys and it will be something that if Kyrie were to stay, we can grow and, like we can be the most dominant team in the Eastern conference at least, but that's a risk I'm willing to take in the case. He doesn't want to be in Boston long-term mm-hmm. and it didn't work out, but like at least calculated at least, risk. Was, at least it was a calculated risk, right? He, he said, okay, I got these assets. I know this can be packaged up and get a good player. Right. And it feels like maybe he thinks he got burned too much in that, that he doesn't want to, like overpay anymore because he, he he probably is getting like flashbacks of like oh man now people think like I, I don't want it to be like another Kyrie situation so you're getting like the smaller right. deals and like the you know the cash dumps and the but now he was able to get a, a win now player because he says hey this is one of those other make or break times we got to figure out where we are like you said and mm-hmm. even though the the risk wasn't all that much right like he gave up two second round picks like we were just going to draft like two taco falls anyway, or Jabari birds. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like I honestly, another yam madar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is he on the team? I don't understand what's going on. With I that. think I, he's he still up to Israel. Yeah. He, That's it. 
I feel like he's on the red claws. He may not be. He may not. He may still be in in Europe or in uh. Yeah, he may still be in Israel somewhere. But yeah, he. I don't know where. So it's another one of those like Yabusele Zizic stashes. I guess I don't know. Oh my god! I gotta say, I don't know as much as I. For the few players that I strongly dislike, I don't think I disliked a player as strongly as I disliked Yabusele. Oh my god. Dude, like the he, fact that he was he, on the roster for as long as he was, it was a yeah, solid, what, three, part. four years. And the fact that he went out there and just like crapped in his hands every time he was on the basketball well, court. Well, it, it just felt oh. like he was, a, he, he, it just felt like it was, he was only there to like be a social media brand boost. A meme. It wasn't be, even a good yeah. one. <laughs> he was just there to like they all right, we got a couple of Yabusele gifts. All right, now let's ship him out. And it just felt like that. But we spent a first round pick on him. So we we're like, couldn't you have, you know, we made another mascot or something? I don't know. Like, do we need Yabusele to be the dancing bear or whatever whatever the hell he was? Oh yeah, what they call him Papa Bear. Yeah, I think it was like the dancing bear or the Papa Bear. Mm-hmm. Dancing yep. grizzly, I don't know what he's. Yeah, so I just again, just just you said round one, but he was in 2016. He was pick number 16. <laughs> I looked at that draft. You know how many people we passed on? I'm gonna I, say a lot, a, a lot, like a lot of <laughs> players who are in the league who are like actually solid. Karis Levert went 20th. <laughs> oh, but you know who we drafted 23rd? Ante Zizic. That's all right. <laughs> Then 24 was uh, Timothy Lawau Cabarro. Siakam went 27th. Dude, even uh, Cork, even Corkmaz, even Corkmaz is like making an impact on the Sixers right now. Yeah, Dejounte Murray, like yeah. he went after. Bruh. Malcolm Zubach. Brogdon went 36th. Zubac uh, may, makes Zubach. a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a, I mean, just just to name a few, like that is. Yeah. Bruh. I think, well, it. Well, it makes like it's one of those things where I think it's like a unnecessary thing to criticize Danny that sometimes he has he 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 rests on his laurels when he knows he's right and he expects like a certain amount of praise for it instead of I guess looking critically even though things may be going well. Mm-hmm. You get, does that make sense? I like tried to like, I don't know if that made sense, but like, like when he knows like, oh, everything's going great. Like I got Brown now and I got Tatum and we have Kyrie. It just yep. feels like as long as things are going right on a, in a game to game standpoint mm-hmm. that he will try to stick with it for as long as he can, rather than thinking about, oh, like this doesn't look so well, good from a, chemistry standpoint or uh, we need more of this even though we're doing this right right it just feels like he thinks everything can just come internally (laughs) and this is one of those things where he find your inner peace daniel (laughs) yes (laughs) like is his inner peace romeo langford every year is that why he doesn't make a deal like Like, it just gets confusing at one point right when you're like when he came out and said that last year that the reason that you know we weren't playing so well in the second half was because Romeo Langford was went out with an injury at an inopportune time. And what oh, would no. have happened if Romeo didn't like no. leave the bubble? Nope. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> I that, like almost, that is... I like also, almost that cried injury, inside. 
Shreyas, he literally played 53 seconds and then tore his groin. Like, he stepped onto the court, was on the court for 53 whole seconds, and then tore his groin. We didn't even see him get injured. He literally just, like, was on the court and then was not in. And I remember asking myself, I'm like, did Brad sub him out already? And then I look at the end of the game, it's like, uh, a brand new injury from a guard, Romeo Langford. Dude, and, I, and then you were like, and then you were like, all right, add this to the list of Danny excuses for why he won't. Danny be excuses. Deal. That's what I'm saying. Also, you know who's starting, dude? Grant Williams, we got to step it up just a little bit. Just a yeah, little bit. you got to hit those shots. You just got to hit your your outside threes, and you got to, you got to, yeah. you got to just like if you're gonna put the ball on the floor, make some plays, like make moves. Don't try to back yeah. down Giannis. Like you're that's that's dumb. Like don't try to go up against a seven footer. And I get that you're strong, dog. I get it. Right, you got those thick thighs. You're saving lives, but you are not going to be backing down true centers in the NBA. So stop. Yeah, and unless you yeah. start getting your post fader right, like like stop. Yeah, he doesn't have much of an inside game. He's really a strictly defense a corner sh- defense and corner three shooter, which I feel like was our team for, for a him. while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we had the we have Ojale, we had Tice. which right. Well, like Tice, we have Tice so does many... have the role, though. Tice does have like the the high, right, the right. high, he the can... verticality. Right, but like I think more more often than not, he does. He did at least until um, he got traded. Right, stick at the you know the top of the key three. Um, mm, I wish terrible. he did do more role roles off of picks that he made. Right, um, but it feels like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Tatum comes with the pick and roll, and then Tatum will like do like a behind the head pass to Tice as a three-point line, I'm like, I mean, wouldn't have worked just as well if he'd rolled and maybe kicked it out later to, like, a better three, I don't know, three-point Or shooter. why don't, right, you do you do one of those, like, shift rotations. It's like when somebody, yes. when you have a pick-and-roll dr- drive, you have somebody on the wing fill that center. Or yes. stay on the wing, if that's how you Force them to rotate. And I think that's one thing this team needs to learn is to, like, force other teams. Like, if Tice is standing at the three-point line, no one really has to worry about him like although he's a good three-point shooter but no one has to like do anything differently no one's like scrambling because yeah. he's standing in one place but if Tice ah. were to roll more if right. Tice were to roll more and you know kick out or and maybe smart is there in the corner or jb is there at the corner or something like that like that makes one guy that tried to like that got sucked into Tice have to now be like oh crap i just left my guy and it makes mm-hmm. him scramble I feel like we had a lot of those guys, and I wish Grant Williams could have more of a inside game to figure that all out. But yeah, yeah we'll see I, what I happens totally with him. But so yeah. that's is, this is why I was so happy with the Celtics last night because there was actually motion in the offense, mm-hmm. which was huge. So I just I want I wanted to keep going with these teams because there's a lot of teams yeah. with a lot of trades. The next one or the last major piece leaving the Magic was Aaron Gordon. Wait, Max. Uh, before before we get to that. Talk. Let's just talk quickly about Fournier. What do you think he'll add to the Celtics? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right, that guy. Oh, well, like I said, we didn't have to give up a lot to get him. I think fantasy-wise, if you're a fantasy basketball owner of Fournier, uh, might be time to sell high because he's not going to get as many minutes. Probably yeah. not going to average 19 points because he's not that guy. Like yeah. He was a top scorer for the Magic. Um, here, I think he's going to be that bench scoring that we need. Do yeah. I see potential to flip-flop him and Smart at the two? I do, actually, yes. to be honest. And I, I would not mind seeing him coming to start. Yeah, uh, Smart was on fire last night, but I, in a perfect world, would like him to... <laughs> I'll give him 
three shots a game. I'll give no, I'll give him three threes a game. If mm. he makes them, keep shooting. If he mm. doesn't, that's it. Like that, I, that's it. Like you are I love done. That. Yeah. It's like you're at the bar. You give him three shots. <laughs> if he if he had breakfast, keep going. If he didn't, that's it. <laughs> I I totally I totally agree with that with that analysis. I think smart um is better suited for leading the second unit as a point guard rather than being the shooting guard for a team that has a good amount of shooting done from the the star players like we don't need a guy that's shot taking right and you can make the argument that shot taking a shot (laughs) that smart taking those shots takes away from the heat of jb and jt and potentially even kemba right because a player gets hot brad stevens needs to learn to play the heat in the sense of he needs to keep hot players like he needs to keep feeding hot players and he needs to take the ball away from ice cold players yeah he doesn't again you know he's not the one on the floor but there is an element of coaching where like you you can call those shots you can say you have a green light or you need to stop yeah yeah you keep your ego at the door dog but so fournier i think it's a good pickup Will he stay here next year? I have no idea. I have no idea how it's going to pan out because he didn't play last night, but I look forward to him. And yeah, I thought it was a solid move. So yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think he, he's one of those guys that like, he can stay start. He can be a starter and play well and fit into a role that requires him to, you know, spread the floor and move the ball around. Cause he's a willing passer as well, but yep. he's one of these guys who's also not afraid to take it to the hoop. Like as much Which as he I does like, I shoot like threes. Yeah. He love. He's a really good driver, and driver and kicker almost. So I think he's one of these guys that'll that may that may start some games, but you know play more with the second unit, and I think really shore up and help out Pritchard and Ojale and Time Lord from kind of making a lot of stupid mistakes with the ball. I think he's a. I think he's better. I think he'd really help. Really help out with lessening the turnovers from the second unit and just mm. lessening a, a bad pace and just like bad shot making. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. really, really love the deal, but yeah. let's, uh, yeah, let's move on to that, to that Gordon deal. Do you think that the nuggets are better now having acquired Aaron Gordon? Yes. Cause they had to give up. They, the only things they had to give up was Gary Harris and RJ Hampton who mm-hmm. Gary Harris, <laughs> His floor to ceiling is not like he's a straight mm. middle of the road player. Like yeah. I, I like him. He works. He works out with some of the people who I follow in the fitness world, which I think is super cool. RJ Hampton has a lot of potential. You know, mm. he's one of those like straight to basketball, right out of school kind of kind of deals. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. Get Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. What do you think? I really like the the Gordon pickup just because one thing I thought they really were missing was that power forward position because yeah. it's one of those things where I you really don't want to start and play Paul Millsap 25 to 30 minutes a game. <laughs> and Jamichael Green, as much oh, of a, no. as, as good of a three-point shooter he is for his position, he's yeah. not the type of guy you play 25 to 30 minutes either. So like mm-hmm. he's one of those, I feel both of those guys are 15 to 20 minutes sometimes 20 22 minutes a game like i think mm-hmm. any that's it because that's how either age or just you know fit with the team and aaron gordon is i guess not the most focused player in the world but he is a very 
talented power forward from a vision standpoint. He really is, it really is up to passing this year. He's got like I think a couple triple doubles are at least ten assist games. Um he is he can score when he needs to. Um, yep. so if he yep. needs a game if you need a game from him that he gets twenty five or thirty, he can give mm-hmm. that to you. He probably won't considering they have Jokic and Murray. But it just gives them a third option. I feel like one of the things they were missing was Barton was very up and down. Harris is very down and down. <laughs> um at least this year. And then like there was no real third option for that other porter 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 has had some really good games don't sleep on mpj either yeah i I gotta say yes he's having a sophomore slump yeah but no i think i think he's overall has played very well and i think he's taken a step up especially from last year it's also that like you know he's been in and out of the lineup and sometimes you can kind of tell that either something's affecting him because he's Mm -hmm. he may not be consistent and then he'll get really hot and for five six games he'll score 20 so yeah. I think just having more touches. Option, yeah, I think, and he did. He at that point he did need more touches, and it shows because now he's averaging like 15, 16 a game. Um, and at one point he was averaging eighteen a game this season. So I think Gordon only adds on to that as a a passer from the him and him and Jokic will be. It'll be so fun to watch them pass the ball. Yeah, um, yep. it, like that duo right there. Um, would be really, really, really fun to watch. I think that I think they're better off having Gordon and not playing Millsap that many minutes. Well, and I, that's actually you bring up a good point because I really did forget about Paul Millsap. But I also think that you said that they may not need to call on Aaron Gordon for a twenty-five point game. But I would argue, after watching mm-hmm. the Nuggets over the past couple weeks, sometimes they do. Sometimes they really do. Like they will go up against a mm-hmm. you know, better team in the conference. And if Jamal Murray is getting locked up and mm. you know, Jokic needs those people to find Aaron mm. Gordon too, is versatile enough where he can, if he needs to create his own shots, create his own mm-hmm. drives, mm-hmm. but he's also very good off of that catch and shoot. Mm. So if he's that guy that you just need to spot up for, a, you know, a quick three, boom. Yeah. Solid. Or even think, inside yeah. too, he's cutting, you know, like Jokic will find him. Yes. Yes. I think he does add an, an, an another element that, they really didn't have as a bigger body. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they they're all they're in a they lack multiple big bodies. Like Porter doesn't really for he he's a shooter. He doesn't really back he doesn't people down. Body up or, yeah, he yeah. doesn't body up anyone. He doesn't really back people down. When they let go of Plumley, I thought Plumley did a really good job behind Jokic at having yeah. really good vision and being yep. a bigger center. Um, so that's something they've missed since they let him go. And I think they have that in a younger form with, with Aaron Gordon, Gordon, with Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it'll work in the off season because he, his contract is expiring too, I think. But it is interesting. Okay. For this year, I think it, it's a, it's a hole that it's a decent enough hole that they, they filled with, with Gordon um, makes him more consistent. Yeah. So just real quick. Okay. I said before we started recording that I was actually intrigued and slightly impressed with the Orlando magic's moves. If they're going for a full rebuild, because Mm -hmm. think about realistically how many expiring contracts they just got rid of Mm. and think about how much money they're going to free up for Mm. this off season. Yeah. So just, just, just food for thought. Things to keep in mind. Now there's a few more, there's a few more deals that went on. Uh, We have the blazers, made a mm-hmm. pretty big trade with the Toronto Raptors. Now the Blazers got Norman Powell, who 
I actually really like him as a player, especially over the past couple of years. I mean, you know, he's a guy that can shoot the three. That's mm-hmm. really hyper athletic with his dunks. Mm-hmm. And he's been putting up solid numbers. And and he makes, you know, pretty good defensive decisions, defensive plays. He might be a little bit smaller, but like I said, he's a high flyer. So he's going to Portland. Portland traded Gary Trent Jr., which I was surprised that they let him go, but I can understand. Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. So mm-hmm. Raptors get two solid pickups, and Portland gets a really solid player. Mm-hmm. Is there a winner? I actually think both teams won. Yeah. I think I think at least for the rest of the year, both teams won. I think in the long term, I'm not sure Norman Powell would want to stay in Portland considering I feel like he thinks I don't know if it's an I don't know if it's like gonna be an inflated sense of self. That might be too harsh. But mm-hmm. he got an opportunity this year because Larry was out and Siakam was out and Van Vliet were out at all at all different points because of either injury or, or COVID protocol to be that like top scorer on a team. And he got his uh, points per game average up to almost 20. Like he was scoring, th- he had like a, a bunch of 30 point games. He had a, a couple 40 point games. Like he really showed off that he could be a, a legitimate number two, number three option on a team. And, you know, average 20 points again. So it's one of those things where his usage rate will definitely go down with Dame and CJ and the big guy that they, you know, either if it's an Eric or, or Cantor, um, I, they like those guys really will take, take away if they're all playing at a high clip and they're playing at the same time. And obviously in his debut, Lillard didn't play yesterday and Powell had a good game. But it might be one of those things where he thinks, you know, like it was a good, it was a good time playing on a good team. But I don't know if I want to take an extension here. So my thing is for the short term, interesting for the for the short term, great for both teams. For the long term, I think Toronto wins because I think I think Gary Trent is in a better position to say, hey, I I think you guys might need me. You know, give me the bag and I'll show Mm -hmm. off for you. And I think it's one of I think it's one of those things. Just Gary Trent Jr. alongside Fred Van Vliet, I think, is mm. a really interesting combo. Yeah. Bet on really yourself, good Van Vliet. Yeah. yeah, really, really good shooters. And Rodney Hood, again, he's, I mean, he's just your spot-up shooter. I think, you know, I, I think it did. I, I, I don't think the Raptors are going to be making a playoff run this year. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, you know, maybe next year if they, I, I, I'm going to need to, like, personally take time sit down reassess where the raptors are at figure out what they need right now again i think they're missing some big things kind of like i felt the celtics were at the beginning of the year um it's just crazy to see a team go from winning a chip to having a decent playoff run to Uh absolute a garbage with an accent on the e yeah it just felt like they never got a rhythm i remember when we were talking about our early like season predictions and then our, I think we had like an updated prediction too. And we both, in both of them, we were, we were saying that, you know, the Raptors aren't this bad. Like they've done it before. Like, you know, yeah, it could be a slow start, but it, it, it kept going. Like the slow start, that wasn't even a start. It was a slow middle too. And it's probably going to end up with a slow end. <laughs> this is going to be a very slow story. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's like, I don't know. It is a very weird downfall. It's crazy what, you know, losing Kawhi Leonard does to you. It's just like slowly devolving as a as a as a team and it almost looks like they're gonna get close to rebuild mode because Kyle Lowry's probably gonna leave after at the end of the year. I don't think they're gonna unless he's like super dedicated to coming back and you know finishing his career off for Toronto, the team that really helped his career and things like that. But maybe he might. It, it's a possibility, yeah. He seems like he's return. Trade back for DeRozan? Trade back for DeRozan. Let's get Rudy Gay back. Um, you know what, get... Vince? Vince, we need you <laughs> back, boy. <laughs> Vince and T-Mac and, you know, Jalen Rose is still out there. Let's just get every day. Jalen Rose and Chris Bosh. You know, we're Chris just going yeah, to bring everybody back. It's going to be a one big reunion. Uh, <laughs> uh, so another thing, too, actually, we had the, the, you know, just, pow- just powering through. We're almost mm-hmm. there. But another thing, too, was uh, Lou Williams to the Hawks. Now, this oh, yeah. one was interesting. For Ro- the Hawks got – or no, the Clippers got Rondo, which I think Clippers is a huge Rondo. move for the Clippers. That's a yeah. great, great point guard to have on your team. It was interesting for Lou Williams, though, because I remember him saying before he was traded and then made a statement the day he was traded. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to retire if I get traded from the Clippers. Mm-hmm. He gets traded, and he said, I thought about it. I honestly mm-hmm. gave it thought. But he's like, I look where I am in my life, and I'm really thankful to be able to play the game that I love in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, I'm not done yet. I'm going to keep playing in Atlanta. You know, Lou Willville's still here, so get ready. Which, you know, props to you. Like, I get it. It hurts in a way because you gave your entire career, you know, you gave your body, soul, heart, blood, sweat, tears to the Clippers. But it's that business aspect that hurts, but I admire that he's going to keep his head up and still say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be grateful for what I have and continue mm-hmm. to play ball. So props, props to Lou Will. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to the, he's played in Atlanta before. So he understands the area and, and things of that nature. So right. I think, right. you know, him being in a more familiar situation, helps that he was like all right you know what like let's just finish the season out and reassess where i am in my career and i wouldn't be surprised if he retired at the end of the year just considering his mindset over the over the past year but now, like, he, he hasn't had the best yeah. year in a sense like it feels like he really fell off this year and i yeah. really thought he was going to continue he was he like it was very weird because he averaged like 17 18 points again last year off the bench and I, something about luke Kennard and nicholas batum that Ty Lue really loved and Lou Will just wasn't the same player once he gave more minutes to them. So um I do I, like Luke Kennard though. I like Luke Kennard. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. The the resurgence of Nicholas Batum was probably the most surprising storyline I ever like because he was like Wait a minute, who are you? Yeah, he was like benched in Charlotte and like he got bought out and then yep. now when Ty Lue is giving him like 30 minutes a game and I'm like, what is happening? like what's this literally crazy so real quick i want to before we go i want to talk about the heat because they're another team in the east that i they get slept on still Mm. to this minute they are still slept on so i want to talk about them and their trade but before that the 76ers acquired george hill in a big three-team trade uh the knicks got terrence ferguson vincent poirier they got a couple picks and the thunder got austin rivers who has been balling out this year as well mm. as Tony Bradley, and then a couple picks. So 76ers walk away with George Hill and Ignas Brazdekis. I don't know. <laughs> it's all you. Okay, they, got, they, got, they have Ignas. 
I think George. I think they call him Iggy. Iggy. I think so. I think that's what I saw. I know, but. Gosh, my point being, I think George Hill is a good addition for Philly, especially yeah. with the position that they're in right now. That's a good vet guard to have. It was a pivot off of those Lowry sweepstakes when they figured out they probably didn't have enough to get him, um, or just didn't want him at some point. I think having, I think George Hill has played well on playoff teams and contending teams, and he's always been a guy that no matter how like much he's used in the regular season, he somehow like finds a switch and is able to turn it on. And he'll always have like one really good game in the playoffs that just like helps. Yeah. 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 Um, So I, I really like that as a backup to to Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. It's just good to have. Obviously this year, Philly's making that championship playoff push. Right. They're still seated number one. So, I mean, yeah, worth it. So, the Heat, mm-hmm. they got Aladipo, mm-hmm. huge. They have some of the best guards, mm. like the, the best. Mm, okay, let me re- no, let me rephrase. Trace. They, they have some. Of, they have some of the best guards. Have. Yeah, they do. Oh, I thought you. I thought that was a disapproving. Mm. No, no, no. They do. They they. Okay. Yeah. If you, Dragic, if you look at Dragic, yeah. Right. They got Hero, who right. I know he's having a sophomore slump, but he just had a game of like twenty nine. So he's still he's still having a career year, like regardless. And he's going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, very good. Now they yeah. have Depot. Depot, with, don't forget Kendrick Nunn. I can go off Kendrick at any time. Nunn too. Yeah, uh, right. and then you have in addition to that, Duncan Robinson, solid yeah, another guard. Shooter. Yeah, and then kind of the guard, kind of the forward. You have Jimmy buckets. Who mm. still probably doesn't get the respect he deserves because he's averaging almost a triple double, especially this I think, year. Yeah. I think he's tw- I think he's twenty one, eight and seven. Yeah, he's had a call. He has a he's had a couple of triple doubles where I didn't think he crazy was that type of player. Where I knew he was a willing passer and he was a great defender and he turned into a really lethal scorer and a leader. But mm-hmm. I didn't think he'd be a guy that like upped his playmaking that much and he probably really worked on his craft this year to, to up that playmaking skill um and i really i was like wow like i didn't think jimmy bullock could have multiple triple doubles in a year this is crazy mm-hmm. it was crazy yeah but yeah when i got jimmy butler's timberwolves jersey as a joke mm-hmm. i did not think that i would be respecting the player this much yeah at this time in my life i mean he said he said i'm not a god-given talent but he said i work hard mm-hmm. and that's why he's good that backcourt right there with Aladipo, Robinson, Dragic, Hero, Nunn, Butler. Mm. Whoa. And it's they got deep. All, it's all deep. They, it's deep. I mean, you saw last last year in the playoffs with uh, Heat versus the Celtics, Heat versus the Bucks. Now, now here's a question for you, uh, Max. It would who's a, who would have been a better fit? Knowing that Oladipo is obviously on the team now, but they were right. also after Lowry, and it seemed like Oladipo was the pivot because they couldn't get Lowry, and he ended up staying. Would t- Kyle Lowry have made the Heat better, or does Oladipo make the Heat better? Oladipo. Oladipo. In my opinion, Kyle Lowry. You already have you already have the playmaking that Kyle Lowry would bring from Butler and from Dragic. Mm-hmm. So, not that Kyle Lowry wouldn't add to the team as a whole, but I think Oladipo with his just versatility. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that makes the Heat better. Plus. 
I also do want to factor in size as well. And I do want to factor in a little bit of defense mm. too. I know, I know Kyle Lowry's phenomenal at taking charges. Yes. That's what I was going to add. But he's six, one, six, six foot. He's a smaller guard. Yeah. And, uh, his three point shooting. When, when that, what turns on, I don't, don't get me wrong. I do. I like Kyle Lowry as a player. I, people yeah. hate on him. Like, Kyle Lowry sucks. You know, all those memes. I think he can, he can definitely agitate. He's definitely, you know, Marcus Smart definitely learned a couple things from him. Mm-hmm. He's an agitator. Without a doubt. But I think I think Oladipo makes the team better. Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I I I feel like both of them would have worked, honestly. Um okay. the fact that the fact that they were in on both of them, they were very close to both of them, and they got one of them. Like that just shows mm-hmm. that, you know, the Heat were willing to do whatever. Pat Riley is doing whatever he can. And <laughs> um it just looks like they're building like a roster that if you had told me, first of all, if you had told me that he would have, you know, slid a couple games and now they're, you know, on the fringe of teams, like with the Celtics and, and teams of that nature, like really good teams that are underperforming, but now they've really retooled a little bit and they got all their players back from uh, COVID troubles. And now they've added Oladipo and it looks like they're a, ready to go all in on LaMarcus Aldridge now, who's now a free agent because he got bought out. That's a, that's, that's a, such that's an upgrade massive. from Kelly Olenek. Oh my gosh. That's so massive. You want Kelly Olenek to LaMarcus Aldridge and you have Bam Adebayo on the roster. Oh my God. Dude. Watch out. Watch um, out. God, and it's not even like Aldridge is like a bad player anymore. He's yeah, he's old, but you're not asking him to play. Like he can he's still do four, dude, 14 and four. Like that's all you need from him. He is a post-up player that, will score like he will score off in like near the box right dude set screen so hard it breaks Gordon hayward's wrist yes that's true He's yes. Still a brick wall yeah yes so i think man if we're looking at teams that are gonna have like a, the best second half win percentage the heat are up there the miami heat yes yeah. i agree I agree. Miami Heat. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to make a solid season comeback. They might I think even, so too. Yeah. They're I just think. below. They're just below that play-in. They might hit eight. They might get nine, and they might win the play-in. Yeah, if I were the Celtics, I'd be really, really scared right now that you might. Oh, lose I would spot. too. Well, if we play, oh, I'm praying to the basketball gods. I mean, if we play like we played last night, which was a rare form of Celtics, I have not seen. It's been 82 years. It's been a while. If we play like that, I'm feeling good. Yeah. But if we're I mean, not. It's all about consistency, yeah. I mean, this is it. You know, it is the second second quote-unquote half, but it really feels like the season is already not winding down, but like it's it's coming to crunch time. So you got to mm-hmm. get ready. Mm-hmm. You got to push yourself. Yeah. Agreed. And then, this is how- and then the last thing I want to talk about, Max, before we, before we uh, finish up was – there's still one more player on the buyout market, and his name is Andre Drummond. Andre! It looks like, and I just read a tweet from, I think, Evan Massey. He's just an analyst. Uh, he's verified, too, and he said that the Celtics are, they met with Andre Drummond on Friday, and they're going all in on Andre Drummond. I know Andre Drummond is thinking more Lakers, and I know the Knicks really want him, too. But what do you think? Where do you think Drummond will land up? And where do you think he'd be the best fit? The reason why I was hesitant on him coming to the Celtics earlier in the season 
was that he is a big man who is mostly a post player, big body, solid rebounder, great defender. Uh, no, uh-huh. great rebounder. Who am I kidding? Solid scorer. My hesitation was his contract. Mm. With that out of the picture, mm-hmm. I'm all aboard the drum and train. I think he's a, he's a veteran big man. I mean, that big body in the post, I mean, I just, you you want that. I mean, the, the Celtics' biggest hole this year was their lack of, like, big men. The lack of size, lack of rebounding on both yeah. offensive and defensive. Agreed. So if you have a guy who's, who is capable of sucking up 26 boards a night, mm. Or like in a given night, you know, like that's huge, huge. Because then you can keep giving it to Tatum for him to keep missing. Right, <laughs> just get the board right. Back. You just you just vacuum everything up. Yeah. So I am all aboard the drum and train. Are you on? Are you on board, Trey? Are you conducting? All, I'm. I'm <laughs> choo choo. I am all aboard drumming. I know in a perspective of we love Robert Williams. We love how he's progressing i still think it's one it's one of those things that he does he as of right now he does well in a certain amount of minutes mm-hmm. and i think even if this is like a obviously this will be a one year thing so rob williams has enough time to it seems like we, he's in our future plans and he doesn't want danny's not going to trade him very easily so He's still gonna have time to to work on his game, but I think learning from Drummond on basically his skill set, like Drummond is the more polished version of what Rob Williams wants to be, right? So yeah, I think, yeah. I think having a little bit of that like half season of mentorship would be so like perfect. I am very, I ver- I very much believe though that. The Lakers are just too easy of a decision because he's going to get more playing time right now, and he knows that you know AD and LeBron are coming back, and Boston's really not the most exciting. So unless we offer something where it's like, like the Lakers could offer a vet minimum, and then just be done with it, right? Because they're the Lakers. Right. So unless we can <laughs> put the money from the TPE and really push like we can like you know say like hey like who cares about this 11 million let's take six seven eight of it and just give it to drummond just because we need the guy i think that's the only way we get yeah we get drummond here that's the only way that's the move i mean it's he's an expiring contract this year right Mm. so right so same thing with fournier we try it out for the end of the year we have nothing to lose Mm. we really don't because it's 11 mil there's mm-hmm. nobody else on the buyout market except for Aldridge. But again, he's probably going somewhere else. I don't think we've expressed much interest. So use the 11 mil like you just said. That, that's, that's right there. That, that Shreyas is absolutely brilliant. I love that. Mm-hmm. Use 8 mil of that. Get him. Yeah. Let's make – if we're going to do it, just do it. Push. Fight. Win. I mean, it's going to be tough, to be honest, because we've let ourselves slip so far that it looks like our first round matchup will either be <laughs> the Sixers, the Nets, or the Bucks. We showed last night, though, the, the one I'm least afraid of this year is the Bucks. 
to be honest. I get it's Giannis. I get playoff Giannis will go crazy. Playoff Middleton will go crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you take those two out of the picture, you take Giannis out of the picture, it's hard for the Bucks to win, to be honest. Yeah. You think Bobby Portis and Dante DiVincenzo, a.k.a. Yeah. the Professor Live, <laughs> is going to be stepping up? He does look like the Professor. He does kind of oh, look I like the professor. Uh, I can't believe I haven't heard that to date, dude. That's so funny. Yes. Mark it here. Mark it here. The professor live. No, mark it down Spider-Man right now. Two. Dante DiVincenzo looks like a taller version of the professor live. Oh, my God. That's, That's it. so funny. So we'll see. I mean, my expectations are really realistically zero Yeah. for landing Andre Drummond. However, you get those tweets. You get kind of excited. And if it happened... Totally, totally radical. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Yeah, it'd be so fun yeah. to watch. I really like the players, so it would be fun to watch. I agree with that. Okay, Shreyas, take us home. It's time for Shreyas's Fact of the Week. All right, so my fun fact of the week is I found out I was uh, this today years old when I found out the, the nut, cashew nut, is yeah. actually a seed of a fruit that grows from an evergreen tree called the cashew apple. What? And yes. And so the seed, the cashew nut, actually hangs off the bottom side of the apple. So it's not like most seeds like are in the middle of the, the fruit. But right. it's literally, if you look up a picture of the cashew apple, it is the it is the fruit part, and then off the bottom is just the the cashew, like the normal like what you would eat, not obviously you know salted or you know dried up and things like that. But it just sticks to the bottom side of the apple, and the apple part is edible, but it's not really? normally sold in markets and stuff because it's like extremely perishable and it's too delicate to transport. So that's really? why never no one yeah that's why no one I guess has ever heard even me has ever heard of a cashew apple but everyone knows of the nut because you can just dry it and put it in trail mix and stuff so yeah dude pretty, pretty that's cool. cute I didn't know that so that if you find a real life cashew apple that is a delicacy yes sir. I mean probably more tropical places I don't know honestly know where I think that it was an evergreen I think you said it was a pine tree. Uh, it, the, it is from an evergreen tree. Evergreen, like I guess, there's more than one evergreen tree. But what? Let me, let me, <laughs> really? <laughs> let me look up. Oh, okay. Let me look up where cashew trees are. They are normally found in Central America, the Caribbean, South America, including northeastern Brazil. So they are very. Yeah, they're very tropical uh, kind of plant. That's huge. That's a dub. Yeah, that's where the cashew wow. trees are. Pretty interesting. That's wicked cool. If you, if, you look, just, if you look up a cashew apple, it is very weird to see that. Like That's how the cashew is grown. It was very funny. <laughs> okay. it's just like a, it just looks like a fruit pooping out a nut. It's very funny. Ew. <laughs> All um, right. All right. Well. You have been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time. We're going to go outside and play. Peace.